0: What hope we have in Jesus. Amen. If you're sick, he can heal you. If you've got chains, you're bound by something, he can set you free. Amen. If you need freedom, uh, he is the one that can bring you to that place in your life. And we're so happy for that. Amen. Many here tonight can testify to the fact of the saving power of Jesus Christ and what he has done in their lives. And he's changed us, right? Amen. Amen. And so... Listen, let me tell you something. What God can do for you in your life and the freedom and the peace you can have in Him is greater than anything the world could ever offer you. When you start thinking about eternal value versus what we have in this life, there is no comparison. And uh, we must hold fast to that and be determined that we are going to, amen, see our way all the way through to the end. Amen. Matthew, the fourth chapter tonight, if you would, chapter four of the book of Matthew, verse one, amen. I know my brother-in-law is not here, but uh, we are thanking him for doing uh, Remy's uh, baby dedication this morning. And my wife texted me this afternoon and I had thought I did my due diligence and I had, was glad to see my father-in-law and my mother-in-law and my sister, sister-in-law sister and my niece, and, and uh, Brother barkus was here, and I was just kind of, I thought I had everything. And then she texts me and says, did you uh, remind folks that Brother barkus is the one that did uh, Jared and Jerilyn's baby dedications? And I'm like, man, it's the one thing I missed. Amen, but how can you remember something? That's been 30, 20, or 30, whatever it has. How old are you now? 30 years? I I think my son's getting ready to turn 34, and Gerald's 30 right now, right? Amen. Remy is three months, right? Something like that, four, two? Okay, there you go, see? Amen. I know she's getting big. We've been married 40 years, right? That's right. A little over 40 years. That's the one thing you better get right, gentlemen. That and birthdays. Don't ever forget them. Amen. In Matthew the fourth chapter, I'm just going to read verse one, and the Bible simply states that when Jesus, uh, that that then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Then was Jesus led up of the wilderness or the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Lord God, we thank you once again tonight. Amen for your word. For truly it is a lamp at our feet. So I pray God tonight, let your anointing flow. Amen. Let something be said from your word that's going to encourage somebody. Amen. And, and maybe change somebody's life, turn somebody in a different direction. Amen. For we know God that you are a wonderful example to us on how we should live. And so I pray God bless us tonight. In Jesus' wonderful name, and everybody say amen. God bless you. maybe may be seated. Of course, you, you know in this scripture here, this is dealing with the temptation of Christ. In fact, in verse 2, the Bible lets us know that after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, uh, that he uh, was hungry. And uh, uh, most of us, we fast for a day and a night and we are hungry. And so uh, it is at this point in time of, uh, of, of physical hunger and have been fasting for that amount of time that the devil comes along and begins the temptation process. Amen. And you read that and uh, uh, I will not belabor the whole uh, point tonight but it's imperative that you understand that that even through this we can glean something from it because uh, the Lord lets us know that even in his, his humanity, amen, he was able to stay strong. The Spirit kept him strong. You see, the Spirit of God led him to be tempted of the devil, amen. Why was that? Why would he do that? Why would he uh, uh, make this uh, appointment, if I might say, or this time for Jesus to be tempted by none other than the devil? Was it to see the strength of, of his obedience or the obedience of Christ? uh to tempt his flesh was was it to prove to humanity that satan can be defeated amen the question tonight is have we have you ever been led of the spirit to do something somebody says i feel like the lord is leading me to do this or the lord is leading me to do that and we use that terminology and, uh, and, and basically what we're saying is we feel the Spirit of the Lord is leading us in this direction or that direction or to do this or that. Amen. So we've been led. Have you ever been led of the Spirit to do something? Amen. Have you uh, or I ever in that process been tempted by the enemy of our soul? Amen. The question then is this. Did you or did I defeat him? Amen. Or did he defeat us. Amen. In the process of what we were going through, were we victorious or were we defeated? Amen. That's the thing that we want to look at tonight because the Lord's ministry didn't start in the temple. Amen. Yes, we talk about that. Amen. But it started in the wilderness. It started. Everybody say the wilderness. Amen. Understand that word tonight because I'm here to tell you tonight as a child of God, there's going to be some time in your relationship with God, you're going to end up in a wilderness. You're going to end up in a dry spell. You're going to end up in a park, in a time of your life to where you're looking all around you and there doesn't seem to be any spiritual nutrition that you can get a hold of. And you're just going through it and you're struggling and you're facing it. Amen. And you're thinking, am I ever going to make it to the other side? Amen. But I'm here to tell you, we're going to go through those kind of things, uh, but it's when we allow the Spirit, uh, amen, that is in us, amen, to give us what we need to make it another day, that's what's valuable. That's what is important. Amen. So you understand, it started in a wilderness. Amen, he didn't schedule revival meetings or this meeting or that meeting. Uh, Amen, he didn't schedule things like that. When you look at the scripture, people just showed up where he was. People showed up. Amen, they're the ones that sought after him. Amen. He wasn't bound to uh, the synagogues, uh, amen, to go teach or or minister to the people, amen. But his teaching uh, was in the streets. It was in the houses. Uh, It was in the mountains. It was by the seashores. Uh, Anywhere where somebody would listen, that's where he would take up uh, and begin to teach and minister to the people. Hallelujah, that's what, that's, what's all, that's what this is all about. We have to realize that it's not just in these four walls of this building. It's not just in this, these church pews. It's not just this platform or this Sunday school. But our ministry has got to go outside of these four walls. And we got to realize it's a lost and dying world that needs a word, amen, from you, from the Word of God, that can minister to them and give them some light in a dark world. Oh, let's clap our hands and praise him tonight. Hallelujah, he's worthy. So they were seeking after him. You see, that's the way it should be. Amen. When we walk in this world, people need to seek us out. Amen. If we're living the way we should live, people will see who we are and they will take notice and they will want to know, amen, about your life and how you were able to change. Amen. Jesus didn't pick the crowds. Let me say the the crowds picked him. He didn't pick who he healed. Amen. He healed those that believed. Right? Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wasn't popular with the churches or the pastors or the preachers of, of that time. Amen. He wasn't popular with them. Amen. But he slept where he could and he ate what he had. Amen. Realize that. So if Christ chose you and I to be his followers, amen, would we follow him? Would we follow him? Amen. I, I see the, the 12 that followed him around, and I, 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 but I hear also that point where Jesus finally said, Will you also go away? Will you also leave? Amen, when, the ta- when it gets tough, when the times are hard. Amen, things are going wrong. Things are going bad. It's just not what you want it to be. Uh, amen, the Lord's just saying, are you going to go away also? Are you going to go away also? Are you going to leave too? Amen, are you going to stick with me and see this thing through? Hallelujah, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. And so if he chooses us to follow him, we need to follow him. You see, John the Baptist During his ministry, his ministry also didn't start in a temple where his father spent a long time ministering. His ministry started likewise in a wilderness. Amen. He wasn't popular likewise with the religious leaders of that day and time. Amen. But those who were hungry for God, amen, sought after him. Amen. The reason for the wilderness experience is to see if mankind is willing to separate himself, amen, from everything else, amen, and choose to follow after God. Understanding that to choose if you follow God, understanding that it's the most important thing than anything else in your life. I'm here to tell you tonight, he's got to be number one. I'm here to tell you, uh, you have to follow Him. Uh, He's got to be the number one priority uh, in your life. You see, uh, we call this to have a born again experience. Amen. We understand what that means. Amen. That means, uh, amen, we've repented of our sins. We've been buried in His name. For the forgiveness of our sins. And we've been filled with the Spirit. Amen. When we say in our world born again. That's what we're talking about. Amen. We've been changed. We are new. Uh, we're, we're, we're not what we used to be, but we have been changed by the power of God. Amen. And so John, uh, John the Baptist, uh, amen, he uh, would, 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 you know, he would go where the people would, t- would want to hear from the Word of God. Amen. So understand, we are not born again just to go to church. We're not born again just to go to church. We have been given a power, amen, that was going to help us to do a much greater task in this world. We have been filled with the Spirit of God that actually is calling us, amen, to minister to those, amen, that are outside the four walls of this church. Well, somebody say hallelujah. How many believe that that's a greater task? Amen. So I understand being filled with the Holy Ghost, buried his name. Amen. Repenting of your sins is not just something that, okay, I go to church now. No, you now are a disciple. You are an evangelist. You are a word uh, 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 dispenser. Amen. To where you are dispensing the word into the world and into the lives and hearts of people. Amen. That are wanting to know something more. They want to know that there is a hope that's beyond the world that they live in. They want to know that there is something, amen, that they can lean on that's gonna be solid. They wanna know that something they're standing on is a sure foundation. They wanna know that the anchor they have is gonna hold them in the midst of a violent storm. Amen, that's what the world wants to know. And what we have tonight is that message. We have that truth, amen, we have that tool, amen, we have that message that can go to them. And help them do the right thing. Oh, let's clap our hands and praise Him again tonight. We talk about shouting. We talk about dancing. We talk about all those things. But understand this. The Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost wasn't given to you just to shout and dance and talk in tongues. The Spirit of God was given to us to fulfill the will of God. Yes, that's a part of it. Yes, we get excited. Yes, we, uh, we clap our hands. Yeah, we shout. Yeah, we do all that. Amen. But yet, that's not where it stops. Amen. You were filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. So that you can fulfill the will of God. Come on, True Tabernacle. We got to decide. No matter what's going on right now in our world, people still need to hear the gospel. Put your mask on and tell somebody the gospel. Amen. Social distance, but tell somebody about the saving power of Jesus Christ. We can still baptize people. People can still repent of their sins. Amen. We are the church of the living God, and we must teach and preach what the will of God is for this world in this day and time. You see, John the Baptist was called to be a witness to all mankind. Did not lead a life of luxury. Amen. What he had, though, was a wilderness experience. Amen. Let me tell you what. Some of your strongest, uh, uh, the, some of the things that's going to make you, one of the things that's going to make you the strongest in your spiritual walk with God is being able to get through a wilderness Amen. And so when somebody else will start talking about their tough life, you can say, you know what? I've been there. I've done that. I've been through the wilderness. I've seen this. I've seen that. This has happened. That's happened. But I'm telling you, if you'll depend on God and hang on to God, God's going to bring you through that that problem, that time, that sickness, whatever it might be. He's going to bring you through that wilderness. And when you come out on the other side, you're going to be a better person for it. His ministry was prayer of the way, to prepare the way of the coming of the Lord. Amen. Prepare the way. What is that all about? Let me ask you tonight, what is our calling? What is our calling? Do we really understand what that calling is? Do we understand? It's not, it's not, it doesn't take rocket science. Amen. To understand what the calling of God is in our life. It's plain. It's simple. To go into all the world. Preach that gospel. Go into your neighborhood, go into your workplace, wherever. Amen. When the door of opportunity is open, amen, you're able to minister the word of God. That's what the calling is all about. It's not just something that goes across a pulpit. It's not something that goes, uh, uh, you know, in a classroom on on Sunday morning in a Sunday school class. Amen. These things are good. These are appropriate. These are what we need to do. But when you go beyond that, really the way it all happens, the way revival happens uh, is when we as a collective body catches that vision uh, and understanding uh, what God is really all about, what God really has done in our lives. And when we take that testimony uh, into this world, it gives people a glimmer of hope that says, you know what? If it can happen to them, it can happen to me. Hallelujah. That's the mindset. In Matthew, the third chapter, verses 1 through 8, let me read it. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins and his meat was locust uh, why was locust and wild honey and then went out to him went out to him went out to him amen to uh, out to him Jerusalem uh, and all Judea and all the region about Jordan he wasn't in Jerusalem uh, he wasn't in the temple he wasn't in a synagogue uh, no he was out there and the people left uh, Jerusalem and left Judea and left the regions about and they went to seek him out uh, why because he had a message. That he wanted to present to them. Yeah. You, Bible said, verse 6, and, 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 and they were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when they saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees come to his baptism, he said to them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance. So he understood what a majority of the population was there for. He understood they were coming. Amen. They wanted to hear what he had to say. But when the Pharisees and the Sadducees showed up, amen, he flipped the switch. And he said to them, "Oh, generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? See, you notice the Pharisees taught the law. They taught all the do's, all the don'ts of the law. But they were hypocritical when it came to their dedication to God, amen. Understand today, when we deal with the calling of God, let me say it again, amen, the calling of God is not inside the church, but the church has to go to where the people are, just like Jesus did. Let me tell you something right now. If revival breaks out in the church, and miracle signs and wonders are going on in the church. The people, amen, of our cities, of our region, of our area, they are going to seek out what is going on because you can't keep something like that in the four walls of a building. Lives are gonna be changed. They're going out from this place telling people what's going on at the church. We can be like the Pharisees and keep on teaching what we can do and what we can't do. Amen. And we can take that and we can try to build a church with the do's and the don'ts. But folks, you can't build a church with the do's and the don'ts. You build a church through repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And then God begins to work on us and God begins to fine tune us, and God begins to change us, and God begins to minister to us. And the next thing you know, there's life changing and life altering experiences that happen to the individual that gives themselves to God. I don't wanna be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I want to have something that's going to mean and do something and help somebody in their life. Amen. That they can get a hold of and be changed. So, if we claim to have the Holy Ghost, then what should we be doing? Prepare the way. Prepare the way for the coming of the Lord by reaching out to others. Just like John the Baptist did. Just like Jesus did. It's not not meant to be held in a box. When you go back to Acts, the first chapter, verse 8, the Bible says you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria unto and the uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, he said, I'm gonna fill you with my spirit, but it's not going to stay just in your city. But Lord, you don't understand. You mean we got to go to Samaria? Yeah. You remember the story where he says, you know, we're going to go by Samaria. Wait a minute, Lord, we never go through Samaria. We always go around Samaria. We don't go to Samaria. We don't, we don't, we don't fellowship with those people. We don't spend time with those people. You know that, Lord. You know what it is. And the Lord said, I, I, I've got to go there. The whole thing was he knew that there was somebody there that needed a, a word, that needed a, a fresh vision, that needed hope in their life. And what he was trying to teach those disciples uh, is don't hem yourself in, uh, which is saying it's gonna be just for Jerusalem uh, or just for this locale. There's people around uh, our region, uh, around the world, uh, amen, that we may not understand their culture. We may not understand their language, uh, but the Spirit of God is the same, uh, amen. He wants to touch them. uh, He wants to raise them up. uh, He wants to create new people in him. Understand Acts one eight is the same commission John and Jesus had. The Spirit was to drive the apostles and the others to take the message of salvation to the lost and dying world and tell them about the tell them about Jesus Christ and what He can do for their lives. Amen. I'm glad it just didn't stop in in Acts one eight. I'm glad there was another moment in time that we read about in the second chapter, and we begin reading in verse fourteen. And we see the story unfold as Peter was standing up with the 11 and lifted up his voice and said to them, You men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunk as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. That third hour was from 9 a.m. in the morning till 12 noon. In other words, he's like, folks, this ain't the time people drink. People just started their day. People are just going to work. These people aren't drunk as you think they are. Amen. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men are going to dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids, he said, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath There's going to be blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, Peter preached and the results of his preaching produced on that day 3,000 souls, 3,000 brand new babies. In one day. My Lord, we hear our missionaries, many of them speak in some of these countries that they have thousands that come to their crusades. And they will tell of numbers uh, of people that are being filled uh, with the baptism uh, of the Holy Ghost. uh, Being buried in His name. Uh, Amen. Their lives are being changed. Uh, Amen. Many of them living in hopeless situations uh, around the world. uh, But now they got a hold of something uh, that has given them uh, a hope uh, beyond whatever hope that they had in the world. Uh, You can't match it when you talk about being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You see, here's the deal. Notice this. Peter preached and there was results. When we minister the word of God, we need to expect results. Amen. Just because we talk to one person and they reject it, to don't get down in the dumps, don't stop. Amen. Don't stop there. You go to another person. Amen. And if they, if they reject it, you go to another person. And if they, I promise you, uh, somewhere down the line, somebody's going to connect with what you got to say. And they're going to say, I want that. Uh, amen. Tell me how I can receive that. Come on, let me encourage you tonight. That we serve a wonderful God. We serve a great God, amen. We serve a loving God. We serve a God that was interested enough in you and me, uh, amen, to stop what he was doing uh, and hear our cry, amen, when we repented of our sins, uh, amen. He heard uh, and seen when we were buried in his name. Uh, In fact, you understand the scripture uh, that the angels rejoice, uh, heaven rejoices when one soul comes to repentance. You see, Peter had a ready-made pulpit that day. They said, these people are drunk. He said, no, they're not drunk as you suppose. Let me tell you what's happening. And what's happened here in this upper room can happen to you. Well, 3,000 that day, as we know in the scripture, bought into that. And they said, yep, we, we want what that is. Folks, he didn't send out letters trying to schedule revivals. He didn't go to the church only with the message. He didn't say to the other 120, say, well, hallelujah, we've been filled with the Spirit of God. Let's head to the synagogue. Let's go to the temple. Let's go there where everybody meets on on the holy day. And let's go tell everybody the experience that we've had here in the upper room. No. Peter went to the streets. The 120 went to the streets. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Didn't send letters out. He just went to the streets. Hey, folks, witnessing witnessing isn't done in the church. Amen. In the church is where we get encouragement. In the church is where we get uplifted. Amen. It's where we're taught how to live for God. Amen. When we come together, amen, and we rejoice and we say, look what the Lord hath done. Then. In turn, we show him how much we appreciate his salvation by sharing the hope of Christ with a lost world. In Matthew 22nd chapter verses 9 through 11, notice, he said this: "Go ye, therefore into, into, into the highways, and as many as ye shall find." He said, "Bid them to the marriage." So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found. Both bad and good. Say what with me. Both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. Folks, let me say something. When people come to church, don't look down your nose because they may not look like you. Or they may not dress like you. That don't matter to God. He said, I want you to go out. And they went out and they invited both bad and good. See, understand that. That's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. Amen. Can I remind us? Where did we come from? I mean, if we went through testimonies tonight, you'd find out that that, that some of you would look at somebody else and say, are you kidding me? Because you didn't know their former life. You didn't know where they came from. You didn't know the bar stool they were sitting on, uh, amen, or what was going on in their life as far as what they were doing. Maybe drugs, alcohol, promiscuous lifestyles, whatever, you name it. You don't know where they are, that where they were, all you see is what they are now. <laughs> Folks, I'm going to tell you something right now. If, if you can't praise God over where God has brought you from and what God has saved you from, then boy, we're in a heap of trouble. Really? Because God wants to take your testimony and bless the life of the good and the bad. Look what, let me say it again, look what the Lord hath done. Man, healings, miracles, lives being changed, chains being broken. Amen. Going through wildernesses. Amen, and knowing what the power of God can do as you're walking through them. So they went out in the highways and gathered together as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came to see the guests, he saw there there a man which had not on a wedding garment. Mark 16, 15, 16 says, uh, you know, in verse, uh, says, and, and he said to them, go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Understand this, that this world has no hope of salvation outside of a forgiving God, of a life-changing God. Mark 16, 20, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs of Following. Amen. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm just simply saying, when you go forth in His name, you're not going by yourself. God said, I'm going to be there and I'm going to confirm things with sign following. Pastor, I don't want to get out way out there in the Milky Way right now. I don't want to, man. That's, that's some stuff, man, when you start talking about signs and wonders and miracles and. Laying on the hands and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, man, that's, that's a little bit out of my comfort zone. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. Let me stop one, once again. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I think you got a little bit out of your comfort zone. Amen. Some people jumped up and down. Some people cried. Some people wept. Some people fell on the floor. There's all kinds. We got experiences, all kinds of experiences in this place. But something happened. Everybody says something happened. And we're to go everywhere, preach the word, everywhere. And let the Lord work with us. See, the command is to go. The command is to go. I know with all this, we've, we've had a hard time. I'm stuck on no and go. But I'm here to tell you, that's the command. Go. The question is, will we obey? They didn't wait for the people to come to the church. They went out and they received. Those people received salvation right where they were. Do you know you can be witnessing to somebody in their house teaching them a Bible study and they can be filled with the Spirit of God right there. They can repent of their sins right there. Did you know that? Sometimes we have it in our idea that they got to come to an altar, that they got to repent at an altar. Hey Amen. I can make their kitchen table an altar. I can make their living room into an altar. Amen. If they got a big enough bathtub, I can baptize them in that that, that bathtub. Amen. You know, you can do things like that. Amen. It's about telling people about the word. Telling them about the saving power of Jesus Christ. Understanding. Amen. I, I, I don't have to wait for them to come to the house of God. I don't have to wait for them to get here. I can tell them about it now. And, and folks, we got enough ministry in the church to where if you needed to bring them to the church to be baptized, one of them could do it. Amen. Somebody could do it. You see, when, when, when people repented and when they believed the gospel, amen, they were baptized and they were filled with the Holy Ghost right where they were on the spot. i will leave you with one last scripture Acts the 8th chapter verses 36 to 39 I love this story they went on, on their way and they came into a certain water and the eunuch said to Philip see here is water what doth hinder me to be baptized Philip didn't say here is water A lot of people will kind of, in the story, they will think somehow that Philip is the one that said, hey, Mr. Eunuch, here is water. What doth hinder thee to be baptized? No, the eunuch seen the water and say, hey, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? You could be teaching somebody out in the countryside somewhere behind, by, by a brook somewhere or a stream of water and find one part of it deep enough to where they can say I want to be baptized right now. Y'all looking at me like I'm nuts. I baptized people in, in, in rivers because they wanted to be baptized in the river. Now to me it didn't matter. I could baptize them right here. It's nice and warm. You'll be cozy right there. But for some reason they wanted a creek, A crek. In their mind, they, they're, they're thinking the John, the John the Baptist thing, the river. Amen. I know people that will baptize people in pools. They baptize them in the ocean. They'll baptize them in a lake. Folks, you're not bound to a tank in a church. Amen. I, I don't want to hold off somebody. If I'm out somewhere and they desire to be baptized and we're by water, then by all means, let's baptize them. So they went their way, came into water, and the eunuch said to Philip, "See, here's water, what doth hinder be baptized?" And Philip said, "If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest." In other words, do you understand what I'm about ready to do? Do you understand what baptism is all about? See, that's where we come in, folks. We got to fill in that blank. We got to let people, baptism is for this. You repent of your sins, and when you go down in his name, it's for the remittance or the remission of those sins to be washed away. I want them to understand, it's not, like I said, it's not not some big uh, explanation. No, this is what it's for. Do you understand this? This is what baptism is all about. You're getting ready to change your life. What is repentance? It's making a 180 degree turn and going in the opposite direction than you were headed. Philip said, If you believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And then he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went out, a man down, both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Folks, this is... A life-altering, life-changing message. Let's stand together. But pastor, it's not my DNA. It's, I'm just not that person. Let me tell you what, you don't have to be this Mr. Woo kind of person. All you got to do is be a willing vessel that says, Lord, if you give me an opportunity... I'm going to minister to somebody. Look around you tonight. This just didn't happen. Those that are watching on the internet right now and that that are that 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 are watching to this service tonight, folks, things like this just don't happen. It happens because the first was a message. There was an example of somebody whose life was changed. And then all of a sudden, it came our time. So don't let it stop with you. On this beautiful September Sunday evening, don't let it stop with us. But let's minister the gospel. Love people, be compassionate. Let them know that their life can change. I, I wonder tonight, once again, we're gonna open these altars. You wanna come and pray? We can be safe. You shouldn't shouldn't worry about this right now. And if you want to make your seat right there an altar, I want us to come and say, Lord, I want to be a part of this end time church that takes this gospel and begins to tell the world about it Amen. If you want your life changed tonight, I'm telling you, if you'll reach out to God, whether it's up here in the front, if you want to come here, we'll pray with you. Amen. If you want to sit at your pew, whatever it is, just right now, just bow your head, close your eyes, talk to God, raise your hands. Amen. And just begin to speak out right now. The the Lord of the heavens is here. The Lord is listening to you. The Lord wants to honor you with his presence in your life. Can you do that? Come on. All across this tabernacle, they're going to sing. And let's raise our hands together. Amen. Let's pray together that the power of God is going to fall and be manifest in this place tonight in somebody's life. Can you do that right now? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Amen. All across this building. Come on. Amen. Pray. Seek the face of God.